listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Well, Mon, we have a number of things that we really can be praying about, and there's uh, particularly people down south with the bushfires and mm-hmm. uh, two fire stories, the apartment fire as well. So something yeah, to keep in your prayers this morning as we uh, think of those people who are suffering loss at this particular time. Quiz, where are we up to? Yes. An okay. animal, what kind mm. of critter are we talking about this morning? So, so what creature am I? And the first clue was this animal is mentioned in the parable of the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. And then the next clue is that Balaam had one of these and rebuked him verbally because he, oh, sorry, and it rebuked him verbally because he beat it three times. Wait a minute there. So you are telling me mm-hmm. that this was an animal that rebuked Balaam verbally. It was a talking animal, momentarily talking animal. So Balaam had one, he beat it three times and it rebuked him verbally. Well, there you go. If you are beating on your animal and it starts talking to you, then maybe you're having a a similar situation to Balaam and it's time to listen up and actually see what's going on. If you're thinking what the answer is, you can choose a text 0491-064-669 or you can jump on our Facebook, which is Faith FM Australia. Send us a message if you think you know what the answer is and we will send you a prize. You will get the Tell the World DVD sent to you for free. You know what I love about the Balaam story? What's that? Well, Balaam lost it so badly. I mm-hmm. mean, he completely lost it. Yeah. So badly that when the animal started talking to him, he replied. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> if you walked outside this morning and your pet dog started talking to you, said, hello, how are you today? What would you do? Would you simply say, oh, well, I'm fine and keep walking? No, I'd be checking like, myself. What? <laughs> what just happened? Yeah, it's true. He was in such a temper rage. He he just had a conversation with the animal. Do, do you know what? This is really dangerous to t- tell this story because it's so hard to say the word Balaam and not say the word of his animal in the same sentence. <laughs> I'm having to like brain block it really hard. Okay. So you should know the answer to this one. Very famous story. Is it the only talking animal in the Bible? I believe it is. It's anyone that comes to my mind. Yeah, except yeah. for obviously angels and uh, four living creatures in heaven and Yeah, so and forth, that so. snake in the tree. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 Yeah. Well, speaking of Bible. Yes. Let's get into our Bible study. Galatians. We're back mm. in the book of Galatians. We're up to Galatians chapter 3. Monica, what have you got yes. for us there in verse 1? What does in verse 1 of Galatians chapter 3... How does Paul describe the Galatians? Not very nicely, Lyle. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> okay, it says... The verbal bashing continues. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? Okay, let's stop right there for a moment. We don't need to go any further, do we? <laughs> Mercy, Paul is not mincing his words in this book. Okay, so how would you feel if you were sitting in church one day and the preacher gets up and says, You foolish people, who has bewitched you? Oh, mercy. I'd be paying attention. I'd be paying a lot you of attention. You would suddenly snap to attention and uh-huh. feel a little uncomfortable, I, I, you? Extremely uncomfortable, maybe a little bit hurt. I'm wondering how many people after that sermon would be... Mm, Serving up pasta for dinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that the part of the day? Yeah, it's Did the you just joke of the day. <laughs> Love it. You've got to try. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the pasta sometimes gets served up for dinner and over mm-hmm. the dinner table or the lunch table, um, people talk about the sermon and how terrible it was and so forth. And if a pastor stood up in one of our churches today and rebuked us like that and said, okay, you're a bunch of fools and... You have been bewitched. Do you know what it means to be bewitched? Does it mean like to be like tricked or, or fooled, I guess? Okay. There's a passage on this. Hold that thought there in Galatians. Mm-hmm. Hold the finger there. Go over to First Corinthians sorry, Second Corinthians chapter four. I'll flick over here very quickly. Second Corinthians chapter four. And read for me verse four. What does it say there? Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So you've got a very similar situation here in Corinth, and 
Paul says, Satan, you know, who has blinded the minds of this world so they are unable to see the gospel. And the Galatians have lost sight of the gospel. Their minds have been blinded. They have been bewitched like as if a curse has been cast upon them. And Paul identifies this very, very clearly. This is something that has come from Satan. But is this something that they've in some way or another brought upon themselves? Like, have they, has it been forced upon them or do they allow it to happen? You know, is it their fault? Yes. How does this actually, how does it happen that somebody has a spell like this that is cast on them? Mm. That's a really good question. Um, you know, when, when I think about that, from my own experience, I can speak from my own experience here. This is something that happens when you lose your connection with God. Mm. It's not something that happens when you lose your belief in God or your faith in God. It's all about your connection with God. And what and it's a very subtle thing because when we lose our connection with God, our obedience to God automatically goes from being obedience because we are saved to being obedience so that we can be saved. Mm-hmm. And it happens subconsciously in your mind. You don't even realize that it has happened, but it takes place the moment you lose your connection with God because so, you're still doing the same things, right? Mm-hmm. You're still living the same lifestyle. You're still obeying God. But why are you obeying God if you have no connection with him? So I guess you could say this be- bewitching that has taken place on these Galatians of like essentially let it happen? Yeah, they've, they, they have, yes. They let their guard down, they let in, go of In my God. experience, in mm-hmm. my experience, it's one of those things that you drift into. Okay. Without even realizing it's happening. Because if you let go of God, the devil will most certainly take over. Yeah, he just he's just looking for an empty spot and uh, he walks straight in, he takes over, he grabs your life and he starts to draw you away from God. Because I think a lot of people don't necessarily want to have this happen to them. They don't want to be blinded or unable to see the glorious light of God. But if you don't stay connected to, to Christ, the devil will most certainly put this kind of spell on you, right? You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yes, absolutely. That's that's exactly what happens. And, you know, there are other ways that we can walk away from God and fall into legalism, but I believe that this is the most common way. And this is the way that is the one that is most relevant to Christian people because this is this is what is this this is what is dangerous dangerous for us. Mm-hmm. So there's something else here. He says, um, <clears throat> Oh, foolish Galatians. Mm. So he is being blunt. You know the Greek word for foolish is there? What? Mindless. Oh, really? <laughs> you guys have no brain. Oh, I don't know that you could get away with doing that in a church today. Everyone would be so offended. <laughs> you know, as Christians these days, we really are a bunch of snowflakes. We certainly are. You know, is the moment that something harsh comes up in church, like, oh, you know, oh, no, oh, you know, this, this preacher, I can't believe he said that. But you look at some of these preachers in the past. I mean, look at John the Baptist. You mm. know, you generation of poisonous snakes. They never mince their words, do Or they? Jesus, you whitewashed grave. That's all you are, just, uh, just full of dead men's bones. <laughs> or, or, or Nehemiah. Um, when the Bible says, and he talks about himself, and he actually um, he seems to be quite pleased with himself because you know he says I rebuked some and, and, and I cast some out and I cast them away from me and and got rid of them and 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 plucked out their beards. <laughs> plucked out their <laughs> beards. Beards. And the Bible is full of like so many the, interesting. It was things. one of the greatest revivals that Israel ever had. Oh really? But what had happened was then, of course, that you know they just come back from seventy years of captivity. Mm. They'd gone into captivity because of idolatry. They come back from captivity. They go back into idolatry. Oh. And Nehemiah turns up and he's like, what on earth? Guys, wake up. And so, yeah, in that process, there were a few beards pulled out. But we did, we did read, um, was it last week, week or before? We did establish that when there's strong words in the Bible, it's indicated of strong love. That's exactly mm. right. I'm, thank you for bringing that up because that adds the balance to it, you know. We know that when Jesus uttered his most most scathing rebukes, he did it with tears in his eyes. Mm. And I think this is the difference because so often as humans, when we want to have a rant and we want to, uh, you know, just go out there and attack, we're just blowing off steam. We're just because we're angry. 
Yes. Yeah, because we're offended. Because we're offended and yeah. we're angry mm-hmm. and it uh, it completely, you know, well, it's like this. When you yell at your kids, it has no effect if you get angry. Mm. You know, it has zero effect. If you sit down and reason with your kids and you discipline them with reason and without waiting until you get angry before you discipline them, it has a powerful effect. Mm, and with love, yeah. yeah. But any kind of discipline that takes place with children while you are angry is worthless. And it's the same with us. Mm-hmm. And that's why Jesus, he didn't discipline with anger. He disciplined with love. So what are these Galatians being disciplined over here? Well, they've fallen off into legalism. which is Oh, what, that's right. Yes. yes. How could I forget? Legalism. Mm-hmm. And so they have ceased to serve Jesus because of his grace. And now they are serving him because um, they've simply become legalistic. Hey, Mon, question. Yes, yes. Have you ever painted a picture? Uh, yeah, when I was like in grade two. <laughs> how, how good was it? Um, Did you do it with your, like, your fingers? You no, know, I had a paintbrush. It was uh-huh. supposed to be a silhouette, but I wanted to use gold paint, so it wasn't particularly silhouette. How did you do a silhouette with gold paint? Well, I, you know, artistic impression, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we give you artistic license for that. Thank you, yeah. I have never painted a picture. I probably didn't when I was in, mm-hmm. like, I didn't go, I wasn't going, I went, never went to school in year two. I didn't start until, like, year four. Because, um, yeah, I just... Because you're from Tasmania, that's the how they do it instead. down there. It was better, it was better. I had an awesome childhood. Tasmanian bush school. Yeah. I was up building cubby houses and I have never painted a picture bush. in my adult life, but I did get one for my birthday. My best friend painted me a picture for my birthday last week. Mm, very mm. nice, very nice. Yeah. Paul paints a picture here. Does he? And he tells, he tells about how he painted it. And when I was reading this through, I was thinking, you know what? I've painted a picture as well. Oh? Yeah. In fact, I paint pictures all the time. How? You and I paint pictures all the time. I feel like the answer is obvious and I'm not seeing it. No, you're not seeing it because you can't see it because we paint word pictures. You can't see a word picture. Oh, of course. But you do see it in your mind, don't Mm -hmm. you? Painting pictures with your words. Yeah. So let's let's read on down through here. Okay. So you started there in verse one. Mm -hmm. Um, Read that first bit for us again and then continue on. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death has was made clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Okay, and when you look at this particular passage, Paul is using a word that describes a placard or a public proclamation. So, for instance, if there was some exciting event that was going to take place in town, Mm -hmm. they would paint a placard and they would set it up, a billboard essentially. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he's saying, look, you knew, you heard about the cross of Jesus Christ as if it was painted on a billboard. Wow, it was that clear. big, open, out there. It was crystal clear because Paul painted a picture using words that people can see. And so if you think about it now... And you imagine you're driving down the freeway and there's this massive billboard that stretches from one side of the freeway to the other. Mm. And on that billboard, you see painted the story of Jesus Christ and his crucifixion on Calvary in such a way that it is absolutely clear to your mind, yes, this is what Jesus did for me. Jesus died for me. This is this is what took place. That's the kind of... That's the kind of painting that Paul is describing here. So basically he's saying they have no excuse. It was can you as, see that billboard? Yeah, it was as clear as that billboard. You have no excuse. Can you see it in your mind? I, I can actually. I can see the whole thing in my mind describing <laughs> it. <laughs> I was just having fun. <laughs> but yeah, so they, they don't have an excuse. They've seen this as clear as a, a billboard across a freeway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so they've, 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 they've had this message that has come across so clearly. And then he goes on in verse 2. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? So in other words, can you be good enough to receive the Holy Spirit? Like if I get myself good enough, then the Holy Spirit will be poured out on me. I want you to think about that as we go to our break. Who have we got coming up? This is Sandra Intiman. Do they see Jesus in me? the mirror 
the one I want others to see? Do I show in the way that I walk in my life the love that you've given to me? My heart's desire is to be like you in all that I do. Listening to Sandra Enderman, do they see Jesus in me? And hopefully, every one of us today will have Jesus shining out through us, and people will see Jesus in us today. 
Where were we up to? We were talking about painting a picture, a billboard across a freeway. Maybe that goes with our song right, right here, doesn't it? Mm, it Do does. they see Jesus in me? Mm, yeah, Is we- your life a Billboard that stretches from one side of the freeway to the other mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's a goal for the day. So life, hashtag life goals. Oh, I love it. Good analogy there. Yeah. yeah. Be a billboard for Jesus. Mm-hmm. All right. Where are we up to? We were in uh, Galatians was... chapter three, and we were we were quite astounded at how oh, strong yes. the language that Paul was uh, rebuking the Galatians with, and we we're wondering, do they have an excuse? Do they have an excuse? Okay, so let's read verse 2 again. Where was it? Yes, let's verse, verse 2. Read for us verse 2. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. Okay, so Monica, can you ever be good enough for God to look down and say, you know, that person there, they have been obedient enough to get the Holy Spirit. There is absolutely no way ever, 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 Lyle, that I would ever be good enough to have any gift from God. (laughs) Definitely (laughs) not the Holy Spirit either. Okay, because you have uh, committed such evil that you are under the death penalty. That's right. Yep, I'm a sinner. And when you think about that for a moment, you know, here, here on this earth, in those countries that have a death penalty, it's reserved for the worst of the worst of the worst criminals. Mm, true. But you're not the worst of the worst of the worst criminals. So why, not. Why, you know, why are you under the death penalty? Well, I think, I guess because um, the Bible says that the penalty for sin is death. That's pretty harsh, don't you think? Yeah, but sin separates us from God. So God's going to kill you because you're like, yeah, I don't want you to be my best friend. So, well, okay, I'll kill you. <laughs> That's a terrible way of putting it. I'm giving you a hard time this morning. <laughs> this is this is the uh, this is where Lyle uh, um, gives Mon a hard time in the morning segment. But the, the Bible does say the wages of sin are death because I mean, look at if you look at like you know the beginning in Genesis, how like one little sin she just ate the yeah. fruit. And the untold woe that that has brought upon our planet Misery. opened the floodgates. It was Pandora's box. And look at all the degradation and the horrific stuff that has come from just one little sin. It's an illustration of why God takes sin so seriously. Mm. And, and, and seriously, that was only a small one. It was just, I mean, all she did was eat a piece of fruit. Mm. You know, she didn't go and kill anyone. She didn't go and... And, uh, well, I guess uh, in, in some ways you could say, well, she brought death on the human race, so she killed everyone. Yeah, including herself. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I was going to say she didn't steal from anything, but she actually stole from God. Mm. She didn't covet, but actually she kind of did covet that fruit. Yeah. I was going to say that uh, she didn't commit adultery, but she committed spiritual adultery and that she had someone other than God as number one in her mm. life. Um, she didn't go and have another idol, another God. But then she kind of put did her own wants first. Yeah, have turned her wants into her God. Uh, is there any of the commandments she didn't break? I think she broke them all. Yeah, well, the majority of them. When you stop and think about it, and she, you know, she didn't dishonor her parents. Or actually, um, God was her, her parent. parent mm-hmm. So she did. And th- this is one of the problems with sin. We believe the lie that sins aren't really that bad. You know, that, oh, it's not yeah. that big of a deal. It's a little white lie, or it's a little cheating here, a little cheating there. It's not that bad. Mm-hmm. But actually. It is that bad. Mm-hmm. And the Lord knows where, where the buck stops. He knows where it goes. He knows where the story ends. And so, yeah, penalty of sin is death. That's right. What about the Sabbath? Did she break the Sabbath? Did she break the Sabbath? I don't know. That's a good question, Lyle. Yeah, it's the fourth commandment. I'm just trying to think through all the commandments. I think she broke the... Yep, 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 yep. Oh, what about this one? Here's a thought. Here's a I thought. What is the Sabbath all about? Rest. Rest worship. and worship and our connection to with God. God. Yeah, she broke her connection to God. So, yeah. Yeah, and so when God came there in the cool of the evening to spend time with them. Mm, they were hiding. He couldn't. Yeah. Because sin separates from God. And the Sabbath is all about restoring that broken connection. Yeah, maybe it's, a, a, maybe it's a little bit of a long bow, but I think. No, I think that's, I think that's on, on point. She, yeah, one little sin, essentially you break everything. Yeah. Okay, so coming back to our passage that we are discussing, what is it that caused them to, how was it that they received the Holy Spirit in this passage here? How was it they received the Holy Spirit? If it wasn't for being good enough, how was it? How did they get it? Uh, Let me have a look. Verse verse 2. Not by obeying the law of Moses, you have received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. Okay, so they believed in Jesus Christ. They gave their lives to him and God poured out the Holy Spirit on them. 
It's as simple as that. Amen. And it wasn't a situation of like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good enough now. And you know, when I reach a certain stage in my spiritual walk, no, the stage that you need to reach in your spiritual walk is the stage at which you are fully surrendered to Jesus Christ. Mm. That's simple. Mm-hmm. And when you are fully surrendered to Jesus Christ, he will pour out his spirit on you. It's just simple as that. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Yeah. More or less. Why do we make it so hard? Because it's hard to surrender sometimes. Surrender is the greatest battle it was ever fought. And it's when we fight with ourselves. That's exactly right. Self is the problem here. Absolutely. Now, Paul goes on a few more verses, uh, if we go down a little bit, because he's, he talks about, okay, how did you receive the Holy Spirit? You received it by faith. Then he goes on, he says, why did you receive the Holy Spirit? And so we go down to, oh, let me see here, uh, verse 5. You want to read for us verse 5? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Okay, stop there. So we looked at how we receive the Holy Spirit. Now, why? Does God give it to you because you obey the law? Keep reading. Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. So when it comes to how we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive the Holy Spirit by faith. When we come to why does God give us the Holy Spirit, it's because we have faith in Him. I'm so glad that none of this is dependent on my goodness because I would never receive anything. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And of course, sin is that disease that um, you know just separates us from this whole experience of faith that enables us to receive the Holy Spirit and experience the power of God. I am looking forward to continuing this study tomorrow, Lyle. Right now we're going to have a song break. Hilary Scott and the Scott family come now found, and then we're going to have Family Matters with Darren Pratt. Wonderful segment, new segment. Hope you enjoy it. Come thou fount of every blessing Tune my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise Teach me some
if what God has already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real. And real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it a care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
And if that were not enough They know just the words to cut and tear and prod When they ask me where's your God Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? I can remember when you showed your face to me As a deer pants for water, so my soul For my fainting flesh I am satisfied in you When I'm staring at the ground It's an inbred feedback loop That brings me down So it's time to lift my brow better days when I love to worship you in all your ways with the sweetest songs of praise why are you downcast oh my soul why so disturbed within me I can remember when you showed your grace to me As a deer pants for water So my soul thirsts for you And when I survey your splendor You so faithfully renew Like a bed of rest For my faith I am satisfied in you Let my sighs give way to songs That sing about your faithfulness Let my pain reveal your glory As my only real rest Let my losses show me all I truly disturbed I am satisfied in you I am satisfied in I am satisfied in you I am satisfied in you
I am satisfied in you. And we have our question of the day coming up. Uh, uh, but before we do, we haven't had anyone calling for the quiz yet, Mon. Yeah, I think it might be a bit hard. Do you know it's hard? No, I think it's an easy one. Maybe we should give them a whole bunch of clues right now. How else was this animal in the Bible? Sorry? Didn't Jesus write on this animal? Yes, Jesus wrote on one of these. Didn't Mary write on one of these animals when Joseph was... By tradition, if you look in a yeah, Bible story, yeah, you will find yeah. that Mary wrote on one. But the Bible doesn't say that she wrote on anything. She probably actually walked. walked yeah. That would have been hard work. Every you time you see those like nativity scenes around Christmas and you see like Joseph leading Mary into Bethlehem and she's riding one of these animals. And <laughs> so what kind of critter is it? <laughs> I'll give you an official clue. Okay. Samson slew 1,000 Philistines with the jawbone of this creature. Yeah, that's quite a story. Yeah, yeah. And I'll give you the other clues that we had already. So Balaam had one of these and it rebuked him verbally because he beat it three times. And this animal is mentioned in the parable of the Good Samaritan. What creature am I? If you think you know what it is, you can jump on our Facebook, Faith AM, sorry, Faith FM, not AM, mm-hmm. Faith FM Australia. Uh, or you can text us 0491 and we will send you a copy of the DVD, Tell the World. Ah, surprise coming your way if you know the answer to this one. And right now we have question of the day. So why are some people taken to heaven before Jesus comes back, Monica? Who, who's been taken? Who's in heaven already? Uh, Enoch. Enoch, yeah. Moses. Uh, Elijah. Yes. Elisha? No. no, not him. Just Elijah. Uh, who else is up there? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, of course. And, and 24 elders. The 24 elders? Yeah. What 24 elders? The 24 elders. Okay. okay here's an uh, interesting story that you'll find in the Bible. When Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that there was a great earthquake, the rocks were broken open, and many graves of those who slept in the dust of the earth arose Mm-hmm. came back to life and went into the city and preached about Jesus. Oh, wow. And then the Bible goes completely silent on this mysterious group. Mm-hmm. There's not another word spoken about them. They just vanish. And you would think that, you know, if you had a great group of people that suddenly came back to life and started to preach about Jesus Christ, that we would have their gospels that they wrote, their uh-huh. epistles that they wrote, their missionary journeys that they did, etc. And they just vanish. Wow. But then Paul speaks of them in uh, the book of Ephesians. Mm-hmm. If you go to Ephesians very quickly, you'll find that they are mentioned here. Uh, Ephesians 4 verse 8, wherefore he says, When he ascended on high, he led a multitude of captives and gave gifts to people. Mm-hmm. And so when Jesus ascended into heaven, the Bible says that he led with him a multitude of captives. And so we have another group of people in heaven. The question is, why? Why Why are they here? The answer is found in a very important ceremony that the Jewish people kept called the Feast of First Fruits. Mm -hmm. And the Feast of First Fruits was a feast in which they celebrated the first fruits of the harvest with a sample of the harvest. Mm-hmm. And all of these people that we have mentioned here are samples of the harvest that will take place at the end of time. So Enoch is a sample of antediluvian people who will be saved. Uh, Elijah is a sample of people who will go to heaven with the angels without ever experiencing death. Moses is a sample of somebody who's resurrected from the dead and will be saved. And then you have the greatest example at all when, of all when Jesus dies. He is resurrected. He is our first fruits. And he takes a whole group with him. We're going to continue on with Matt and Josie Minicus at this particular time. As I gaze upon the heavens, all the wonders of your hands, what are we that you remember a bit of dust? vast expanse We are here but for a moment We take a breath and then work on Yet you set your love upon us 
to Matt and Josie Minicus with Evening Psalm here on Faith FM and we are about to give something away so you need to be about to make a phone call so get ready to type these numbers I'll give them to you now if you're going to call 1-800-324-843 if you are going to text 0491-064-669 or if you're going to message then send it to our Facebook page just simply post up a message there on our Facebook page and if you are the first one through then you can get this amazing book that we're about to give away right here on Faith FM what is it Monica? It is Secrets Beyond the Grave Okay so that really fits mm. in with what we were talking about doesn't it where we were talking about people who were resurrected yeah. from their graves uh-huh. and taken to heaven. Yeah. The and first fruits. What happens after people die? And, you know, there's so many different versions, you know, Hollywood. And so I have a question. Yes. How did that resurrection happen? And how did those people come out of their graves if they were in heaven? That's a very how, good how, question. How do you come out of a grave if you're in heaven? Yeah, because the common belief is that when you die, you go straight to heaven. So if you're resurrected. I think that's a, I think that's a question that mm. deserves an answer. And it'll most certainly be answered in this book secrets beyond the grave it's a beautiful book it's actually got a bit of a personal touch to it that the author himself had his nine-year-old niece pass away um and so it does it it just dives straight in it goes and digs it all up you know uh what happens in life after death there's so many different you know versions of the story yeah i know it's pretty good part (laughs) (laughs) i caught that i saw what you did there (laughs) and uh, you know what about ghosts what about spirits you know poltergeists all that kind of stuff you know is it all imagination is there some truth to it what is going on? Okay, so you really want to find out the answers to this important question. And who's the author of this book? This is written by Dwight Hall. So if you would like a oh, copy right. of this, the first copy Very goes free. It says 1-800-FAITH-FM. Just give us a call. We will send it to you completely free of charge. Fantastic. So there you go. Secrets Beyond the Grave. Give us a call. Send us a message or send us something on Facebook. And that is yours for free. And, of course, if you are struggling with your signal, and some people, they if they're on the edge of our transmission area. Mm. Don't forget to listen to us online, faithfm.com.au. You can listen to the live stream or you can get the TuneIn app. Or if you're overseas. Mm. You can get the TuneIn app and just uh, search for Faith FM Australia and you can listen to us with perfect connection every time. I got to listen to your show the other day. Oh, bless your heart. Yeah, when, I you, when I was away. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for tuning in. And we'll be back tomorrow morning right after the 7 o'clock news with more great programming. We, we'll be going further through the uh, Book of Galatians and we if you will. would like to know more about the Bible, you can certainly contact the station and uh, and we can, what can we do for them? We can do small group Bible studies, in-home Bible studies, correspondence Bible studies, online Bible studies. You can learn all about the Bible any way you want. Oh, praise the Lord. How wonderful. Well, you stay tuned. We're going to have some great programming coming up after this. And Lyle and I will see you bright and early tomorrow morning. 
looking forward to you then. Let the words of my mouth be pleasing to you, pleasing to you. The meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Please.